is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Look there in verse 22. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Church, if we'll mean business with God and start praying for souls to come in, the souls will come in, and we can have a revival. Glory to God. Start praying for the souls to come in again. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 1 Kings. The book of 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, picking it up in verse 22 again today. 1 Kings 17 verse 22 And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house, and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. I want to stop right there and continue with the subject we started last week. Elijah's greatest miracle. One of the great miracles that God performed through the ministry of Elijah was that of the provision of food during a time of great drought and famine. He's staying with a widow woman in Zarephath. She was a Gentile, born outside the covenant that God made with Israel. She was raised in heathenism and worshipped idols of wood and clay and stone. She knew of Jehovah God, but had not evidenced any faith towards God. And when Elijah came to this woman's house, her situation was less than sustainable. She only had a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. And she told Elijah that she was going to make one more loaf of bread. And her and her son were going to eat it. And they were going to die. And Elijah spoke to the woman and said... Make me a little cake first. If you'll make me a little cake first and give it to me, God will supply whatever it is that you need from now on till this drought is over. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. God will meet your need today. Despite the drought, 
Despite the famine, despite the empty shelves, despite the gas prices going through the roof, despite the food prices going through the roof, despite the lacking that's in the stores today, God can provide your needs today, and He does it according to Philippians 4.19. My God will supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. A great miracle that God performed during that time of drought and famine. And this woman was blessed. She knew that Elijah was a man of God. And she was blessed while he stayed under her roof. But that's as far as it went. She did not avail herself of all the benefits that Elijah had to offer. She enjoyed the benefits of that provision of food. And she saw the miracle that was done there. But like so many today, they see signs, wonders, and miracles, but it's not enough for them to give their hearts to the Lord. This woman saw the miracle that was performed, but yet she had not given her heart to the Lord. But Elijah's going to give her that opportunity. And let me tell you this. Sometimes it takes drastic measures to get someone's attention. What will it take to get your attention? The Bible says that her son died. He was just a little fellow, three to four years old, if that. We don't know what happened. The Bible doesn't say other than he got sick and died. And she stands there now with her dead son in her arms before Elijah. And she said... 1 Kings 17, verse 18. What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? First of all, let me say that that was her problem. That was her problem. She knew Elijah was a man of God, and she enjoyed the blessings that came. But she didn't avail herself of all that he had to offer. She did not take that opportunity to learn more about God and the things of God. She enjoyed the blessings, but she didn't go any further than that. And let me say this, we all enjoy the blessings of God. Our country today is so blessed Despite the events which have taken place since January of this year and all of the things that have happened that are negative, God has still blessed America. And let me tell you the reason for that blessing today. 
It's not because of who has been elected to office or who has not been elected to office. I believe the blessing in this country today is because of God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians who go before the Lord on a daily basis and they seek God and pray for His grace and mercy upon this country. That's the reason for the blessings in this country today. It's you and I, the Christians, and everybody out here, the whole world, enjoys the blessings. This whole country today enjoys the blessings because of you and I. And let me tell you, when God raptures us out, there ain't going to be nothing but hell left. There will be no blessings when the rapture takes place and God's children are caught out of this world. There will be nothing but trouble and great tribulation when we're gone. But see, the world enjoys blessing right now. But they do not take advantage of all the things that God has to offer. The church has to offer. The church has a lot to offer. And one of the big excuses I hear today from people, oh, Brother James, you just ain't got no young people over there at the church, and that's why we don't come. Well, here's a thought. Why don't you bring yours and we'll have some? Are you hearing me? We got a whole building out here designated for young people. Got a whole night designated for them to come and play and hear the Word of God. And folks won't bring their kids to come to Destiny on Friday nights. Why is that? I'll tell you why. The church has a reputation for dealing with sin. And folks don't want to deal with their sin. Now today, a lot of things has changed in church because you, you, you don't find many things called sin today. Nothing's wrong anymore. Anything goes today. But the church has that reputation dealing with sin. And she said, if you look there in verse 18 again, O thou man of God, art thou come to call my sin to remembrance? This woman is a Gentile. She knows nothing about God. She knows nothing about the Word of God, but yet she knows more about what the man of God is supposed to be doing than most church members have. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. This woman's got more sense to know that the preacher's supposed to be dealing with sin than most of the church knows today. And most preachers know today. Sin. Let me deal with it a little bit. Because the man of God that refuses to deal with sin, he's not a man of God, he is a hireling. That's what the Bible says. He's a false prophet, he's not of God. The man of God will address sin. What about it? Romans 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. What does that mean? That means that God gave the law to the best that the flesh could produce. For 1,600 years, the law was given. And the best that the flesh could produce could not keep God's law. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans six twenty three. the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. We all know what physical death is. For those of you that do not know, death is separation. It is separation of the soul and spirit from the physical body. And it is appointed unto all men once to die a physical death. It's going to happen. Sin has killed every single human being that has ever lived. And unless Jesus comes back, you and I will have to cross that bridge. Separation of the soul and spirit from the physical body. But this word death, the wages of sin is death. It has a little bit darker meaning to it than physical death. It carries with it the connotation of a spiritual death, which is separation of the soul and spirit from God in a place called hell. And the flames are real. The torment is real. And sadly, much of the human race has made the choice to go to that place and to burn there forever and forever. But that does not have to be your fate, my friend. Are you listening to me today? Some of you listening to me right now, that's where you're headed. You're headed to that horrible place called hell, but it doesn't have to be because God gave us a gift. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He laid aside His deity and took upon himself flesh, human flesh. He became a man. He became a man and he kept the law of God perfectly. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. He kept God's law perfectly and then he went to the cross. And he died in your place. He died in my place. And then he rose from the dead the third day. Glory to God, which is proof that he had lived a perfect life. My friend, that right there is the gospel. He took your place. He took your sin. And he gave you his righteousness. Glory to God. That's love. 
That's love. Romans 5 and verse 8, God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's love. And faith is the key. Faith is the only currency that will spend in God's economy. And when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, who He is, the Son of God, and what He did, died on Calvary for your sin, when you do that, my friend, you're saved. God writes your name down in the Lamb's book of life and you are saved. And my friend, if you ain't got nothing else to be thankful for today, you need to thank God that you're saved today. You need to thank God that your name is written there. You need to thank God that when you stand before Him one day, you will stand before Him justified, justified, never sinned. Glory to God. Come on in. Thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But you know, a lot of people, when things happen, they want to blame God. And there in verse 18, it sounds like, 1 Kings 17, verse 18, it sounds like this woman is blaming God. But really, she's not. She's blaming herself. She thinks that God is getting her back. She thinks that God took her son because of some sin that she committed in the past. She doesn't understand grace. And sadly, much of the church today doesn't understand grace either. Someone asked me just this past week, Brother James, how does God look upon someone who dies of lung cancer who was smoking? How does God look at that? First of all, let me say this. You reap what you sow. Okay? You reap what you sow. Secondly, when you stand before God... He's looking for the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Did you apply the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, to the doorpost of your heart? That's the way God looks at that situation. Now, Elijah said, Give me your son. In verse 19, he took the boy out of her bosom. Like I said, he was just a little fella, three to four years old. He was below the age of accountability. What is that? At a given point in time, the brain develops to such an extent that we are accountable for our actions. We call it the age of accountability. Till we get to that age, we're living in innocence. And to give you an example of what I'm talking about, 
A three or four-year-old runs through your house naked. That's innocence. A 15, 16-year-old running through your house naked, that's something different. Okay? (laughs) The age of accountability, it's different for different people. There are those who have mental issues. They have the body of a 20-year-old, but yet their mental state is that of a 3-year-old. And God takes all of that into account. Jesus said in Matthew 19, verse 14, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. We believe that everyone who dies below the age of accountability, they go to be with the Lord in heaven. And I believe this little boy died, and he was with the Lord. But Elijah said, give me your son. And in 1 Kings 17, verse 19, Elijah carried him up into the loft, laid him upon his own bed, And he cried to the Lord. Verse 21, the Bible says he prayed for the child's soul to come again into him. Church, we need to get busy praying for the souls to come back in again. Did did you hear what I said? Ever since COVID, they tell us now that only 45% of the American public goes to church now since COVID. You know of people, and I know of people right now, that used to come to this church, but they're not here now since COVID hit. And church, it's time for us to get busy praying for the souls to come in again. Not only that, but there are those who ride by this church every day. We need to be praying for those souls as well. We need souls. I I thank God for every one of you who are visiting Friendship Church. I thank you for everything you have done to help us here at Friendship. Lord knows we need it. But we need more souls. We need more souls. And the church needs to get busy praying, seeking God for the souls to come in again. And let me tell you, God will answer a prayer like that. If you look there in verse 22, the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. Church, if we'll mean business with God and start praying for souls to come in, the souls will come in, and we can have a revival. Oh, good grace and mercy. Let me go preach in the parking lot a minute. <laughs> I said, if the church will get busy praying and seeking God for the souls to come in again, the souls will come in again. Glory to God. Start praying for the souls to come in again. And God will send us a revival. We need it. We need a touch of God. 1 Kings 17, verse 23. Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house. 
delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. This right here is the first recorded instance in the Bible where someone was raised from the dead. The first one ever raised from the dead. And God performed this miracle through the ministry of Elijah. And this was a great miracle that was done. But it's not the greatest miracle that God performed through Elijah. What is the greatest miracle? The greatest miracle is found in verse 24. 1 Kings 17 verse 24. The woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. She called God Lord. Every time she referred to God before, it was the Lord thy God or the God of Israel. Now she calls the Lord her God. Now I know the word of the Lord, not the word of thy Lord, but the word of the Lord. She got saved. And that right there, my friend, is the greatest miracle that can ever happen. Those of you who say, well, God's not performing miracles today. Every time a person prays through and asks for the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sin, and he comes into their heart and life, that right there is a miracle, my friend, because he makes them into a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And God writes their name down in the Lamb's book of life. That right there, my friend, is the greatest miracle, the salvation of a soul. Church, it's time to get busy praying for the souls to come in again. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. 
All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.